My name's Nick. I'm the owner of Kevlar Joe's and I'm the roaster. I'm an Air Force Security Forces veteran, a dad to three wild boys, and a husband to my wife, Crystal, and a coffee enthusiast. From a family in a small town in Missouri, we started with the simple idea of crafting a perfectly bold cup of coffee. Inspired by wellness and countless pots of stale coffee while deployed, we wanted to craft a bold, clean, and smooth coffee. So we did. And we realized we wanted to share this coffee with our friends. Lord knows we could all use a good cup of coffee right about now. From the farm to your coffee cup, there's nothing like a good, well-crafted, and bold cup of coffee. No matter what time of the day, it's there to pick you up, motivate you, and relax you. We hope you enjoy our coffee. Be bold, be humble, be Kevlar. And you can find Kevlar Joe's Coffee Company anytime you want at www.kevlarjoe.com. And for listeners of the Dig Bible Podcast, use the code, all caps, DIG20, whenever you're checking out to get a 20% off discount. Enjoy. This is Dr. Aaron Judkins, the Maverick Archaeologist, and you're listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. We should read our Bible as men digging for buried treasure. The Bible is the world's most popular enigma. Its secrets lost to cultures beneath the sands of time. Or is it? It is the glory of God to conceal things but the glory of kings is to search things out. God wants you to seek, to read his word, to to look for that knowledge. He wants you to do that. And the people at Nicaea, they like chopped out 80 books of the Bible. We need to bring those back. There's more bad guys in this thing than a Bruce Willis Let's back it up here. I, I love the intro to the show because it's exactly right. There's these nuggets of gold in his word. As you guys always say in the show, you, you gotta dig it. Dig it. Show us your nuggets. God, our creator, lies outside of time and space and matter. I feel like God's gonna be like, hello, McFly! You ain't got it so far, then. There are secret societies think that they are the descendants of the giant. I mean, isn't isn't this exciting? I mean, you read it, it's like, wow. The Nephilology round table. But these angels were taken to help immediately. Do not pass gold, do not collect $200. You're out of the game. Dirty hands means clean theology. Can you dig it? Uh, what's going on, all my local guys and gals and long-distance pals? We're back. We're back. we got another good episode lined up for you guys. And uh, this is a man that uh, I found through YouTube and seen on a, a short back in the 80s. He had a, a very epic debate with uh, three college professor atheists. And he uh, he's best known for me as the, the time, space, and matter guy. Uh, I just love that. And, 
that just actually inspired me to start digging and looking into the Bible. So I'm really pleased to, to talk with Ken Hovind today. But Steve, uh, go ahead and line us up here. Well, he's a young earth creationist, uh, established the creation science, uh, established creation science evangelism in 18, uh, or I'm sorry, in 1989, and Dinosaur Adventureland in Pensacola, Florida in 2001. Um, my favorite thing and that I've noticed uh, with Dr. Hovind is all the, the willingness and the the uh, the energy that he brings to debates. And I just absolutely love seeing a strong Christian man that is not wanting to back down from anybody, and that is an inspiration to all of us. So we really appreciate it. It's great to have you here with us. Well, Justin, why don't you go ahead, start us off, and um, we'll kind of jump from there. And this is a free-flowing program. We just kind of go with the flow, and if something hits you, strikes you, let the Holy Spirit guide it, and we'll kind of go from there. Amen. Well, I guess one thing I definitely want to talk about with you on here is uh, creation and the Big Bang. So with a Christian worldview uh what is uh, your thoughts on the Big Bang and someone that is a, a believer in the Big Bang with an open mind, willing to talk? How would you approach them? Well, it really goes back to the basic question, how old is this earth? If you go to Genesis chapter 5, it tells us clearly that Adam was 130 when his son was born. And then his son was 105 when his son was born. So I made this chart showing all the dates right from Genesis chapter 5 from before the flood. And then after the flood, you pick up at Genesis 11, it gives the ages. I mean, you, it, it gives all the numbers. It's easy. The Bible dates add up to the earth being 6,000 years old and being created in six days. So if someone says, I'm a Christian, but I believe in the Big Bang, I say, well, God wrote on a rock with his finger the Ten Commandments for Moses in Exodus chapter 20. In those Ten Commandments, God said to the Jews, I want you to honor the Sabbath because in six days, the Lord made heaven, the earth, the sea, and all that in them is. Well, then there's no Big Bang. If he made everything in six days, then he made everything in six days. It has to be. He made the plants on day three and the sun on day four. And the birds to, and bugs to in, uh, uh, pollinate the plants on day five. So the days have to be normal days. Later in Matthew 19:4 and Mark 10:6, Jesus said the creation of Adam was the beginning. Well, was it was Jesus lying? Was he stupid? Those who believe that the earth is billions of years old, and many Christians do, and I think they love the Lord as much as I do. I just think they've been brainwashed by the stupid evolution religion. The earth is about 6,000 years old. God made it in six days. That's the only way it works. There are so many symbiotic relationships where certain animals require a certain plant or certain plants require a certain insect to pollinate them. There are millions of what are called symbiosis, symbiotic relationship. They could not have evolved separately. So I, I believe the Bible is literally true, scientifically accurate. God made everything in six days. The Bible also clearly teaches nothing died until Adam sinned. Man brought death into the world, Romans 5. So if man brought death into the world, those that are teaching the earth is millions of years old, do they have death before sin? That's a serious theological problem, if nothing else, certainly a, a historical problem. There's no reason to, to say the earth is more than 6,000 years old, unless you're trying to accommodate somebody who believes in evolution. No reason, no sense accommodating them. That theory is stupid, didn't happen at all. Nobody's ever seen a cow produce a non-cow or a dog produce a non-dog. There is zero evidence for evolution. We've been offering it for a long time. 
We're building a Christian camp in Lenox, Alabama. Good luck finding that on a map. Great North Pensacola, 70 miles, and it's free. Come on down, see our camp. It's 140 acres. It's amazing. Visitors from all over the world. So no, I disagree strongly with the Big Bang. Big Bang is a big dud. According to them, let's see, I got it right here. The Big Bang, let's see, started with uh, all the matter in the universe being squeezed into a dot smaller than a period on a page. Here it is. Time, space, matter all began with the Big Bang in a fraction of a second. The universe grew from smaller than a single atom. That's pretty tiny. My, qu my question would be if, say, space is a vacuum, how do you compress something in a vacuum? Right. I, I tell atheists, I'll give you $100 if you can compress a cup of water into a dot the size of a period on a page. Water can't be compressed. You want to put squeeze the whole planet in there? It's just plain stupid. Tell them I said so. Let's see. It's roughly... <laughs> It's one thing too that you know they always talk about the science and one thing that i just found fascinating a few years ago are you familiar with the work of uh mark armitage the, the he found the uh the dino soft tissue from uh, cali uh, cali university yes i don't think i've ever met mark but i've read some of his stuff and uh the finding soft dinosaur tissue fits right in with the, what the bible teaches the flood was about 4400 years ago no animals don't fossilize unless they're buried quickly and so the only reason we have fossils at all in Tennessee, where you guys are, is loaded with fossils. There's a place up there, maybe you can find it in central Tennessee. It's a seam about 10 feet thick of petrified clams like this in the closed position. Petrified closed clams. There are millions of them in that one seam up there in central Tennessee. When a clam dies, it opens. How do you get a petrified clam in the closed position? You have to bury it alive. How do you get them in Tennessee? You got to have a worldwide flood. The Bible says that at the end of time, 2 Peter chapter 3, the scoffers would be ignorant of the creation and the flood. They don't understand what the creation was like. They don't believe in a flood. And it says they're ignorant of the coming judgment of God. But it's coming whether they like it or not. True story. True story. Justin, go ahead. I didn't What's catch that? Which I followed your work for for a while, and I just I, I love your sense of humor. You know, it's and that's a an acquired taste for some people. Some people just don't have a, a good sense of humor. But I love how you give us the facts, and and you you cut up and have a good time, and and you show. I I just love your your teaching style, which it's been uh, quite abrasive. You're, you're no stranger to uh, uh, controversy on on the internet. <laughs> I taught high school 15 years and it destroyed my brain completely. So I, I, I love humor. You're right. As far as controversy, there's no controversy. I'm right. They're wrong. End of story. I love it. Uh, that's what's I love it. Uh, wait, 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 going forward. Well, actually, you go ahead. You got a few couple more. You got some more slides. Let's keep rolling. Oh, I have 80,000 slides. You don't want to go through all my slides. Just so you know, I got all night, so let's do this. Okay. Yeah, we don't have well, to Bible, go to work. <laughs> yeah, Jesus said the creation of Adam was the beginning, and nothing died until Adam sinned, and the dates add up to about 6,000. I've been going through in my on my YouTube channel, which is Genesis Baptist Church on YouTube, uh, probably 40 different ways to prove the earth cannot be billions of years old. It, it just cannot be. If I told you this Bic ink pen was 9,000 years old, 
Well, it'd be easy to test my claim. You could find out, hey, the ballpoint pen wasn't invented until 1888. Oh, well, then this pen has to be made after 1888. Well, plastics weren't invented until around World War II. It's made out of plastic. You just limited, you just disproved my 5,000-year claim with two, two scientific facts. Then you could say, hold, it says on here it's made by BIC Corporation. BIC in France didn't become a company until after World War II, 1946. So I could prove scientifically this pen is built later than 1946. I have no idea when it was made and I don't care, but it's not billions of years old and it's not 5,000 years old. And if I look at the earth and they say, look at these rocks, this rock is 10 million years old. Wait, wait, wait. There's all kinds of ways to prove it cannot be. The moon is going around the earth. I think everybody agrees with that, but the moon's getting further away. We're losing the moon an inch and a half a year. Okay, that means it used to be closer. Yeah. Well, how much closer can you bring it before that starts to become a problem? Because if the moon is closer, the gravity is stronger. It's called the inverse square law. If you half the distance, you take that fraction one half, flip it over and square it. It's four times the gravitational pull. If you brought the moon into one third the distance, it's nine times the gravitational pull. They've done all the math on this. Say, guys, the Earth-Moon system cannot be more than one billion years old. You go back a billion years and the orbit collapses. Well, then why are we telling the kids it's 4.6? It's not possible. The sink pen is not 5,000 years old and the Earth is not 4.6 billion years old. The sun is up there burning. Go take a look at it. It's burning 5 million tons of fuel every second. Well, that means it used to be heavier if you go back in time. If you go back a second, it was 5 million tons heavier. How far back can you go before that becomes a problem? Because if the sun is heavier, it starts having more gravity, starts attracting everything in. You cannot have a the solar system more than a few thousand years old. And I go through on my seminar part one, you can get them all on drdino.com. Creation seminar part one is a whole bunch of different ways to prove the earth is not millions of years old, the age of the earth. Seminar part two is about the Garden of Eden. Why did they live to be 900? Why don't we live to be 900? We'll be talking about that tonight on my channel, uh, Genesis Baptist Church. Part three is all about dinosaurs. Reptiles never stop growing, never. Well, the Bible says before the flood came, the people lived to be 900. What would happen if a lizard could live to be 900? And never stop growing. Big. <laughs> That's the age of dinosaurs. Nothing died before Adam sinned. Satan is a liar. He's, he, he's using God's own creatures to turn people away from God. And we are sick of it. At Dinosaur Adventureland, we're gonna undo the damage or die trying. So come on down. Take, we have uh, 25 cabins you can stay in. Everything's free. Uh, it's, a, it's a gravel pit somebody bought and gave to us seven years ago. Nothing here but mud, but it's amazing. Only thing we warn people about is we have well water which is the best water in the world. But I taught biology for 15 years and we like to warn people, if you drink well water, your babies will be born naked. <laughs> That's weird. Oh, be ready. That's, I'm not that, used oh, yeah. to that. I mean, the thing is we have well water and both of my boys were born naked. So, I mean, <laughs> hey, that's really weird. It's true. All right. I do, do have a, Hold it. Ben, do you drink tea? Yeah. Well, sometimes, oh, yeah. Tea. He is much worse. There was an Indian one time <clears throat> that drank four gallons of iced tea. That night he drowned in his teepee. <laughs> I, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'm going to have to remember that one. That is good. All right. 
now one of my favorite things about um and my dad was a, a big fan of of you actually he was a big fan of um a lot of uh young earth creationists he was a big young earth creationist as well but um really one of the things that like you brought up was a lot it has to do with the dinosaurs so what I think is really important, and you kind of brought that up, everything was, you know, created, everything kind of goes along that line. But the one thing I always have a question of, and it's truly a question, is like things like, and I, like a Tyrannosaurus or a, a, even things like, I mean, you can go and say something that's not of that, like a mosquito. Some of these things, in my opinion, the way I've always thought of it, they're the result of sin. You know, if you think if something is carnivorous and it was attacking people or if, you know, obviously, they, you know, if Adam and Eve were naked in the garden, mosquitoes would not have been fun if they had uh, been part of that. I think something I just kind of always assumed that was something kind of one of the repercussions of our sin. Well, that's one option. There's another way to look at it. God made everything perfect. Mosquitoes are heat sensing insects. They can sense in the dark your body heat and zone in on you. OK, if you are injured any place in your body, if you sprain your wrist or sprain your ankle, that part of your body is warmer. You can pick it up on a thermograph. The, the hospitals have those. They take a picture and say, oh, you've, you've sprained your ankle or you've sprained your knee. Well, there's a, we have an, an our science center here. I got one, I think, on my waist. I normally carry around. Here it is, right. We have these little zappers, electric spark. If you get bit by a mosquito or a bumblebee or an ant, you simply spark it, and it neutralizes the poison. It's gone instantly. If you can be it by a rattlesnake, we take something bigger like a spark plug wire off a chainsaw or lawnmower, but a high voltage, low amperage spark will neutralize the poison. It just works. Missionaries in the jungle carry a little stun gun. They get bit by something, zap it. So just theoretically, what if God made the rattlesnakes with a poison that's not poisonous, but they can sense where you're, where you're by the way, when you spark, spark it, it straightens out the molecule, whether it's hemotoxic or neurotoxic, and makes it, your body can digest it. It's a protein. So what if the heat sensing organs on the rattlesnake and the uh, mosquito were to sense when somebody's injured themselves and say, oh, here, I'll help you. And they were putting in a protein to help take away the problem. What if they had a good use before the fall? I don't know, something to cons consider. It sure beats the idea that all the mosquitoes in the world came from a dot of nothing. No, I 100% agree. I just, I just always kind of, like I said, that's just the idea that our sin brought certain things or changed them into something that was a nuisance or a problem. And that actually brings one other question. I've asked this to a couple other people, and everybody has different opinions. If we go into Job, and a lot of people talk about Job, some people want to make it metaphorical when we, we talk about behemoth or leviathan. I've always taken that, especially if you look through uh, the chapter before, and it's talking about ostriches and other animals like this, and then it goes into you know, look at behemoth who I created with along with you. And, you know, it goes through and it pretty much describes like a brachiosaur. I mean, it's pretty much, it sounds like a sauropod. And then the interesting part though, is when it goes to Leviathan, it never says that he created Leviathan. It says he created behemoth, but Leviathan, it says, and then look at Leviathan, you know, and, and all the terrible things about Leviathan. And I, I always kind of thought of that as that same thing, like Leviathan maybe was the result of sin. It wasn't something God created because it wasn't good. It was the result of some sort of sin, something that came out of, uh, you know, the fall of man. And I think that that when they talk about Leviathan in Revelation, it's kind of like saying, uh, you know, comparing God to a lion. You see that, you know, 
there's uh, there's actual lions, but you know, uh, the lion of Judah is 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 just referring to another person. Does that make sense? Um, well, yeah, I think though that uh, God said, "Behold, now Behemoth." He would not tell him to behold Behemoth if he could not behold Behemoth. Mm -hmm. This animal, whatever it is, was with him. And all the, uh, it says, which I made with thee. Mm -hmm. God made everything in six days. All through the Bible, it talks about dragons. See, the word dinosaur wasn't made up till 1841. So in the King James Bible, 1611, they would not use a word that wasn't invented. They don't have the word computer in the Bible either, okay? So the word dragons is mentioned in the Bible a whole bunch of times. I'm flashing them up on screen here. The dragons, the dragons, the dragons. And it says, Job was a perfect man. He feared God and hated evil. He had seven sons and three daughters and a bunch of sheep and cows and everything else. And it all got stolen from him. Job probably lived uh, shortly after the flood because Job was, had 10 children that were grown up and all died. And then he lived long enough to have 10 more children and saw his great-great-grandsons from his second family. So the guy's got to be living a couple hundred years, probably when they back, back when they lived to be 400. If you look at the chart, after the flood, there's a couple generations of people living to be 400. Oh, get on the screen here. There. So I think Job lived during that time. And Job was out plowing, and, uh, and the Sabians came and stole all the stuff. Okay, you can read Job for yourself. But then it's that God said to Job in chapter uh, 40, let me call up there real quick. God said, Behold now, Behemoth, which I made with thee. Uh, let's see, I get, this is part of my seminar, part three. Okay, Job, God's talking, I believe Behemoth is, like you said, a Brachiosaurus. That's my theory. Mm -hmm. Now, Leviathan, I believe, is probably the T Rex. And uh, let's see, the darkness, the light. Get up here. I'm sorry. I'm no. making you jump around. I apologize. Well, no, this is all part. There's the brachiosaur has the long front legs and the cetosaur has the long back legs uh, and patosaur. So I believe it's, there's my blondosaurus. Yeah, you have to talk to her kind of slow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it says, behold behemoth, which he, one lady said, you tell a lot of blonde jokes and I'm blonde. I said, okay, I'll talk slower. <laughs> uh, which I made, hey, I'm blonde too, okay. Which I made with thee, eats grass as an ox. So whatever this animal is, he could eat grass. Secondly, his strength is in his loins, his navels, and the his force is in the navel of his belly. The biggest, strongest part on him is his belly. People say elephants have a big belly. Not true. Hippos have a big belly. Brachiosaurus had a big belly. He's got a big belly. So does he. <laughs> anyway, his tail is like a cedar tree. Wait, have you ever seen an elephant's tail? Yeah. Would that remind you of a cedar tree? No. No, no, okay. Not like a cedar tree. Neither is a hippo tail, okay? It has to be a brachiosaurus or something like that. So it says his bones are like bars of iron. We got a big brachiosaur toe bone in our science center. So I believe by the time of uh, today, most of the dinosaurs have been exterminated either by man's hunting, they called them dragons and killed them off, or they simply could not live long enough in the new climate. Before the flood, the people lived to be 900. Now, after the flood, it dropped off to 400, and then 200, and then 100. We cover on my videotape number two, what happened? What was the Garden of Eden like? What, what was different? Why did they live to be 900? The answer is right in the Bible. And, and today, nobody, very few make it to 100. So before the flood, I think it was common. You, were just, you waited until you are 100 to start looking for a wife in a house near a grade school. Yeah, today, I, you can wait. Oh, I you agree. can still do that today. Forget the grade school, you won't need it. Go ahead. 
No, I agree 100%. And that's one thing that always bothered me is if you go into most Bibles and you look at the section of Job where it talks about uh, behemoth and it, it says, you know, tail like a cedar tree, like you said. And if you go down to the the little subtext on the bottom, you know, it'll have it marked and say, go check the, the margin here. And it, it will say possibly an elephant or a hippo. And it just I've always looked at just like shook my head because it makes absolutely no sense. So I just. I I agree with you 100%. Well, amen. <laughs> the problem, see, I tell the second Peter chapter three, the Bible said the scoffers are going to be ignorant of how God made the creation. What was it like? And they're ignorant of the flood and they're ignorant of the coming judgment of God. That judgment's coming soon. We're headed for royal trouble on planet earth. See the original creation. If you read the account carefully, it says, uh, let's see this part one. TV. I got so many slides here, it'll take me a while. But if you watch my video number two, the Bible says there was water above the firmament. Well, that's not there today. The original creation had water above the air. It says in verse number, uh, chapter one, that the birds fly in the firmament. So it tells us the firmament is the atmosphere, and there used to be water above the atmosphere. Well, it's not that way today. What happened? Well, something changed. The original creation had water above the firmament. Uh, let's see, right here, there it is. And water under the crust of the earth. Most of the flood water came when the fountains of the deep broke open and the water underneath gushed to the surface. That water gushing out along the cracks, I think the earth cracked up like an eggshell and it's still cracked up today. That's what the fault lines are. But this, uh, I get up to where I wanna be here. This original creation was just very different than what we see. This canopy of ice that used to be overhead, it's talked about in my video number two, that would be shattered and be because super cold ice is magnetic, it would be dumped on the North and South Pole. I believe the ice caps shortly at, during the first, first part of the flood, the ice caps were huge. It would take 400 years for that to melt back. So when Noah gets off the ark, the ice caps were still clear down to Kansas City, Missouri. And that means the oceans were smaller because there's a lot of water trapped at the North and South Pole. There's the original creation. Slide number, hang on, right here. Oop. I got so many, it's coming. Ah, there we go. Slide number 258, Alt-DV, <laughs> 258, enter. So there was a crystalline canopy above the atmosphere that was to protect them. A couple inches of ice, 10 miles up, would increase air pressure at the surface, making breathing easier making it possible for larger insects to live. See, insects breathe through their skin. So they're limited on how big they can get based upon how much air pressure there is. And if you increase the air pressure, you can get bigger insects. Well, they find fossil grasshoppers two feet long. Where's the grasshopper today two feet long? They find fossil dragonflies with three foot wingspan. We don't have those today. Almost everything was bigger before that flood came because I think because of the greater air pressure, because of that canopy that used to be overhead, that would also block out UV light. <clears throat> and a lot of the aging process we have is because of the ultraviolet light, the wrinkles of the skin and stuff like that, that would all be stopped. It would increase air pressure like an inflatable building. This, the, the canopy of ice might've been held up by air pressure or by the magnetic field. The Earth's super cold ice is magnetic. In air pressure, we talk about all that. They have, you can float a train off the railroad tracks with magnets, magnetic levitation, it's called. There's a pumpkin floating on super cold ice is magnetic. I don't think anybody understands physics, argues about that one. 
<laughs> so this canopy of ice being being magnetic, when it gets shattered, it would get sucked in and dumped on the North and South Pole. So there were huge ice caps <clears throat> going all the way down to Kansas City, Missouri. And watch my video number two for much more on that. I got pictures of it here somewhere. And that's where after the flood, when Noah gets off the ark, <clears throat> the continents are bigger and everything's connected. You could walk anywhere in the world. Today, if you lowered the oceans a couple hundred feet, oceans average 12,000 feet deep. I'll show you here. If you lowered the oceans a few hundred feet, you could walk anywhere in the world. The English Channel between England and France, you know, 30 miles wide, only like 50 feet deep. I'm here to the back door. So lowering the oceans a few hundred feet connects everything. Had an atheist tell me one time, he said, well, how did the kangaroos get to Australia? I said, they hopped. That's how they get everywhere. <laughs> That's he great. Said, what about the ocean? I said, well, if the ice caps were bigger, clear down to Kansas City like we know they were, it would take hundreds of years for that to melt back. And they find fro animals frozen standing up like mammoths, had to be frozen quickly, like a giant snow dump of 400 below zero snow. So if the ice caps are bigger, I'll show you here, between Vietnam and Australia, if you lower the oceans 100 feet, they're connected. There's what's called a continental shelf around all the continents. The oceans have two parts to them, the deep part called the abyss and the shallow part called the continental shelf. They're all over the world. The whole world has continental shelves. Well, if you lower, the, the oceans are 12,000 feet deep. Take 200 feet out, which is nothing out of 12,000. And now everything's connected. So that kangaroos walked. They probably had a couple hundred years. Everybody did to walk all over the world. You could get anywhere you wanted. Here you go, right there. Vietnam, Australia, kangaroos. There you go. England and Ireland and Scotland would all be part of France if you lowered the water just 100 feet. Well, that'd make the British upset, wouldn't it? Have to put up with the French. But you can see the continental shelf between Alaska and Russia. It's 60 miles wide, but it's only about 60 feet deep. If you lowered the oceans by increasing the ice caps, this is the beach way out here. I think as the oceans filled in from melting ice over the next couple hundred years, it would get deep enough to spill over into the Gulf of Mexico and probably carve out a canyon and fill up the Gulf of Mexico. Pensacola Bay, Mobile Bay, they're only seven feet deep. So I think the Bible says the scoffers are ignorant of the creation and the flood. And that's exactly what the problem is. If you understand what the original creation was like, where the water came from for the flood, and understand that what the flood did, it all makes sense. God's word is absolutely true. The continental shelf would have been, now it's submerged. In Pensacola, you can go out 100 miles before it gets 100 feet deep. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's wild. That was that was the beach line way out there. So anyway, too, too long on that question. But go ahead. Next question. Well, with that, you know, you you hear the the global warming and weather or climate change. They they say that we're still coming out of an ice age. So that would still agree with what you're saying. You well, know. the ice caps, yeah, the ice caps shrink and grow and shrink and right, grow, but they're right. pretty, they're pretty stable. They might be shrinking more. If the ice cap, if if the ice caps keep melting, it's going to raise the ocean level. Right. So the only people worried about the only people worried about that are the ones that live on the beach. That's that's what I was getting. I, I'm to. in Lenox. <laughs> hey, I'm in Lenox, Alabama. We're 300 mile, 300 feet above sea level. I'm praying for global warming. We want to have beachfront property right here in Lenox. <laughs>
With so much division in the body of Christ, it's important to come to one accord when you can. That's why most denominations agree that the Better Insurance Agency is the right choice for your insurance needs. At the Better Insurance Agency, we care enough about your home and auto insurance to push through doctrinal disputes. Because when it comes to the gift of good coverage, there's no cessation here. So head to the www.thebetterquote.com to begin switching to the Better Insurance Agency. Currently available only in Virginia and Tennessee. That'd be pretty nice. Yeah. We're at 1,200 feet about, so we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're safe. Okay. <clears throat> but go ahead, Ben. You got... Well, I'd like to know a little bit about, uh, obviously, you um, have really gotten into, you have Dinosaur Land. You got the nickname Dr. Dino, which, honestly, I'm a little jealous of. I kind of wish I'd have gotten that name. Um, kind of take us down a little bit of that path, how you got that name, and um, just a little further into the, the, I guess, some of the young Earth uh, creationist ideas on uh, dinosaurs. Well, as far as the doctor Dino, I've earned three doctor's degrees and have an honorary one, but I tell people I can't afford the malpractice insurance, so I don't use the title much. Uh, so <laughs> if they don't want to call me doctor, that's fine. Call me Kent, call me Bubba, call me Hey You. But uh, when I finished my first doctor's degree, it must have been 1990, I don't remember now, uh, back then before when they first invented typewriters. And so uh, the kids started calling me Dr. Dino because I preach on dinosaurs all the time. I think God should get the glory for his creation. And I think dinosaurs are amazing. And Satan is using those creatures to turn people away from God. Yes. Get a five-year-old any place in Tennessee, show him a dinosaur and say, kid, what is this? That's a dinosaur. When did dinosaurs live? That kid will say millions of years ago. Mm. Before they can even read, they're already brainwashed. Christians have really dropped the ball on this topic. We've let the devil have God's creatures, to, and the devil is using God's creatures to spread his religion. I'm sick of it. I'm going to do something about it or die trying. Yeah, my thing is if, if they can, I mean, by saying the dinosaurs are that old, then they take creation away, and then you can be like, well, if, you know, that's wrong in the Bible, what else is? And it's almost like their avenue of trying to debunk God which is what the devil's goal is, obviously. And Well, the Bible claims to be perfect. That's quite a claim. Right. I agree with every that. Word, yeah. Every word of God is perfect. The first thing Satan did in the Garden of Eden, he came to Eve. He said, Eve, yea, hath God said. The first thing he did was to question God's word. Interesting. Then he said, you shall not surely die. So first he questioned God's word, and then he denied God's word. Said, Eve, God said you'll die. No, you won't. He's lying. Now, Eve's got a choice. Am I going to believe him or him? Okay. Third thing he said was, Eve, if you eat off that tree, ye shall be as gods. Whoa, I get to be God? Yeah. And ever since that day, Satan has been offering this dumb idea that man is improving, progressing, and where he started off like an amoeba, and we're getting bigger and better and stronger and smarter, and someday we're going to be God and sail around the universe and discover new life forms like Star Trek. People ask me all the time, Hoven, do you think there's intelligent life on other planets? I say, no. I taught high school 15 years. There's not much intelligent life on this planet. <laughs> That's true. 
And it's only getting worse. I common sense is not common it's anymore. Worse. It's getting Have you worse. seen the way they drive? Yeah, you well, should come to Alabama and see the way they drive down here. Well, it's I'll, probably I'll the same you, as they I, drive I, here. Obviously, I, I mean, we're we're in the same space. I definitely do not believe in evolution, but I'm starting no. to believe in de-evolution because of the our society and everything, the way it's going. Well, and it's like what your dad said about the mutations. Mm-hmm. Nothing gets better over time. No. And then he, we had, we had him. I, th- I guess he was the first guest, wasn't he? Uh, maybe. I yeah, think he guest. was. But he's talking about the how many mutations it would have to take just to change a couple things. It just unbelievable. And it, the time frame, it was like, what do you say, one mutation per second, just to you know, for one cell. I mean, for it's, one it's, cell, it's yeah, incomprehensible. And it was there was. The world ain't old enough for what they say for everything to be mutated. I mean, first place, nobody's ever seen a single good mutation. Ninja Turtles, better than that. (laughs) All the mutations are harmful or useless. And if you had a good one, wouldn't you have to have two of them of the opposite sex in the same place at the same time, except in San Francisco? So how are you going to get babies out of this, okay? And nobody's ever seen a good mutation. Then, according to the theory, something has to evolve a little better than the rest. All the rest of them have to die or it doesn't work. This is Adolf Hitler 101. Hitler thought the Germans were the superior race. They had evolved further, and it really was their duty to kill off everybody else who wasn't. Blonde-haired, blue-eyed. Blonde-haired, blue-eyed. He thought they were the superior race, which is stupid. But that's, that's why... He did what he did. You can really, I cover in video number five, the dangers of evolution. This theory is not only dumb, it's dangerous. We teach the kid they're an animal and then wonder, why are they acting like animals? When they came and arrested me, uh, 2006, they came with a SWAT team. I said, arrested me for structuring. I didn't know what that was. I did not commit a crime and they knew that. But the the policeman told the people searching the house, they said, get every DVD number five you can find. That's the one they wanted to take out of circulation, the dangers of evolution. Well, they missed the master. We still make copies of it. Want to read why they arrested me? (laughs) Check that DVD out. This theory is not just stupid. It's dangerous. 100% agree. Now, jumping, and this is, I have to touch on this because this is probably how we all know you best. And and I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, but um, one of the things that, of, of one of your debates that you had when, people talk about where does God come from or where did God come from? And you have um, probably one of our core foundational elements of Christianity in there when we say God is outside of space, time, and matter. And it's such a profound thing. If you can't accept that, then you, the rest of it isn't going to make sense to you. You have to understand that God's outside of those things. And you brought up the best analogy I've seen with anybody saying that is, you know, it, whether it's, it's Bill Gates, I think you might have said, made the computer, but he's not inside the computer, right? The computer works. He was outside of it. He made something, but he's not, ha- he's not inside that computer. I just think that that's such a profound idea that, People tend to forget. People don't understand that God is, we, we often try to put God in a box. We want to say, well, it doesn't make sense, so 
we're going to say God can only do this or God can do this. That we want him to follow our our rules of um, uh, of physicality, of of physics, of, of everything. But he's outside of those rules. And I think that was I mean, that's probably the strongest argument there is because everything else kind of feeds off that. Right. Well, I tell people the question is invalid. If I asked you, answer this question, why are elephants orange? What would you say? They're not orange. They're not orange. The question's no good. So just the question, five words. Where did God come from? Four of those words are invalid. Where involves distance, a location. What if God is everywhere? He's already everywhere. Well, then you can't say, where'd he come from? Because he's always been everywhere. Where did? Did involves time, past, present, future. Where did? Oh, God's, what if God's already in not only all places, but all times? God's already standing at your funeral. Where did God come involves distance again. From involves distance. God's outside of time, space, matter. We're the ones that are stuck in time, space, matter. And there have been many times I've wished I could go back just five seconds to undo the dumb thing I just did. You ever, been, ever thought that before? Oh, yeah, okay. for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. So God is not locked in time. We are. God's not locked in space. We are. God's not locked in matter. We are. And someday we're going to be liberated from all that, get a whole new body, and we're going to get to see heaven the way God sees it. I think it's going to be great. But I don't think, I don't think our human brain can, can, can hold it now. That's why I told the guys in the debate, if you type in Where Did God Come From by Kent Hovind, it's got over 600 million views now. Mm-hmm. Where did God come from? The, the question is invalid. He didn't come from anywhere. He's always been there. And I told those guys, I said, if the infinite God would fit in my three-pound brain, he wouldn't be worth worshiping, that's for sure. I, I don't want you to get too big of a head on those views because I think 100,000 of them at least were me because I've watched that so many times. I love that. That's just such a good way of putting it. Um, I guess a big part of this and, and part of what we do, you know, we are founded, you know, obviously this is a biblical podcast. We're diving into God's word. We want to we want to jump into those areas that are um, difficult for people. You know, we want to peel back the layers. We're past the milk. We want the meat. You know what I mean? We want to get into things. But I think a big part of what we're going through right now in our culture and, and you see you said that with Satan, Satan's using, you know, the glory of God's creation against us. He's pulling, he's trying to use the same things that should prove the Bible true uh, as and, uh, and he twists it. it. He yeah. manipulates it into something evil. But I think it's important that we kind of keep going forward and in, in ways where we're trying to strengthen the church. We're trying to strengthen those people around us. We're trying to give them the tools to fight against this enemy that's, that's always coming at us. When we talk about Satan, we talk about... Um, all the evil forces that are out there, the, the demons, everything. So I guess one thing I get, let's, I guess to break this down a little bit, what's a couple things that you think people should have in their tool belt when somebody walks up to them, an atheist walks up to them and says, why should I believe in God? Why should I, why should I uh, think that you're right? Cause most of those people are always questioning. They want answers. They just don't like the answers they get. So what's something that we can have in our tool belt that we can use to combat that? Well, it depends on the person. This happens to me every day. You know, uh, I, I, I try to approach it. Wh- where are they at? Meet them where they are and lead them from there. 
if you can start off like different evidences that the earth is young. If you can say, hey, the moon is moving away from the earth. Yeah. That means it used to be closer. Yeah. You know, the scientists have done all the math on that, say it can't be more than one billion years old. Oh, you take away time. I use the illustration. Time is their pacifier. I got them pacifiers right here. Time. If you take away time, if that doesn't work, use more time. In their mind, time can fix everything. Ask an evolutionist, how did an amoeba turn to a human? They'll say, well, give it enough time. Stop right there. What if you don't have time? Oh, then it can't happen. And so that's one way is to approach that from the scientific perspective. Another is from the logical perspective. If I told you nobody made this ink pen, this ink pen made itself. There's only two choices. Somebody made it or nobody made it. Nobody's thought of a third choice. Well, go look at the world. Either somebody made it or nobody made it. If you got a third choice, I'd like to hear about it. Well, I'd say and if somebody made it, yeah, no, somebody made it. Then that, who is ink it? Pen is, that ink pen is uh, not even remotely close to as complex as one cell in your body. So I, that's the, right. I mean, that's the part where people just get lost in that and that the time thing. I think I can't remember. I don't know if it was dad that said that, that that when you uh, it's like putting off uh, going to a junkyard and throwing a stick of dynamite out there and a perfectly restart uh, restored uh, 1969 Dodge Charger. Just boom, ready to go. Drive out the lot. That's actually more plausible than imagining that we came from nothing. Because of how complex our body is. How complex, you talk about our brain is the most complex thing on this planet. What we're able to do because of what God's given us, that we're able to, to reason these things out, to, to dive into his word and, and, and take all this. And, and the worst part about this is that we're wasting the best gift that we have. I mean, not just us as a people, but as a whole, as a country, as a world. We're wasting that gift that God gave us. And it's that to me, I mean, listen, I absolutely love this. I love the joking around. I love how lighthearted this is. But my gosh, you know, in the end, it's, it's really sad how many people are not going to be there with us. And like you said, God's standing at my funeral already. And it's really sad that he won't be standing at everybody's. And, and with, the, with the whole, cre you know, created thing, I can't remember the guy's name. But he, uh, he's got some YouTube videos, and he goes to these campuses, and he talks to people who, you know, he asks, you know, are you a Christian? No, I'm not. And he has a book, and they, they've got pictures, hummingbirds, mountains. And he says, do you, you know, and it's kind of like, did this book make itself? No, somebody obviously, you know, drew the pictures, you know, made the book. Mm -hmm. And he says, saying that the world just happened would be like the colors just fell out of out of nowhere onto the paper that was somehow created and the colors fell on that paper that somehow miraculously looks just like the image of an animal or you know the scenery whatever yeah. and then words or scribbly lines that made letters fell onto the paper that made words in proper grammar, numbers on each page, you know, and and a couple of them were like just blown by it, you know. Well, actually, a couple of them probably were confused because some of those words got messed up though, and it says evolution is a fact. Oh, so it probably sure, threw well, them off that way. Yeah. But. 
I, I just thought that that little the guy who does that's you know I've, I've seen that before pretty He's darn good. cool too how and it's like where I was in the military it's like you throw a hand grenade like you're saying in you know throw a bomb into a junkyard nothing gets better it's it's <laughs> nothing but chaos and destruction after an explosion yes nothing nothing is left in order at all well, you might you might be talking about Ray Comfort from California. He's a good friend of mine. He does stuff like that. Goes to universities and asks some things about books and things. It does a great job. I ask atheists. I say, is your brain a result of random selection of chemicals for no reason over billions of years? They say, well, yeah. I'll say, well, then how can you trust your thoughts? Maybe your True. brain's got some chemicals scrambled in there. By the way, there it does. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So if your brain it. is truly, if, if evolution is true, you could not possibly even think about it because your brain is just a random collection of molecules floating around in there. Yeah, how would you have any any thoughts at all if it was just wild? And and my thing also is, look look at it, we are the only, say, species that build anything. You know, a beaver builds a dam, okay. Cool, but he don't he don't cut boards or cut limbs down to perfect sizes. There's no other animal, as they would like to call us animals, because you know we come from a rock or whatever, um, that can do anything that we do. So we're obviously set apart and created different than everything else on the planet. Or else we'd have Planet of the Apes, and then and then on talking about apes, it's if we come from apes, you know they say there's an ape, and and we slowly progress through all these stages to humans. Well, they're still apes, so where's the in between? If there's still apes here, should they not have died off because we've advanced? And if that's the case, where are they still here? If that's not the case, where where's the in between? And then that just blows that out of the water. That's what they've been looking for. Is what they call the missing link. It's that's not a missing link. No chain is missing. There's no chain. We're not connected to the apes. Wasn't it uh, Piltdown Man that they made out of a, 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 a extinct pig tooth or something? Was the whole thing they had for that? If, I think if I'm correct. Yeah. But we cover a bunch of that also on my video number two about the so-called cavemen. Mm -hmm. There's people today living in caves. Oh, they live in caves in Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. you have to. You get bombed. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 when it when it goes, I, I I can't remember if it was you talking to to this professor or whatever or somebody else, but they're talking about like your cells. They can't discern a a worm cell in a microscope from a human cell in a microscope, you know, whatever, because I'm not a scientist, but no, not at all. I can fix a Jeep, you but I'm not a, a scientist. Um, and, and it's, it's like, okay, I, I look at it this way. So, so you, you look at cells, a cell in a worm or a cell in a whale or a cell in humans, if they still look the same under a microscope, all you have done is discovered 
how God created things. That's how he created life. It doesn't mean we came from the same, like we used to be a worm, or us worm and us used to be muddy water. It's it's all <laughs> it it to me it's like it's just the building blocks of life that we're just getting now getting the technology to be able to discover. Well, and if there are similarities between us and worms, and there are, what does that prove? That prove a common ancestor, or could that prove a common creator? Exactly. I think you'll discover nearly all bicycles and motorcycles and cars and trucks have a metal in them called iron. Does that prove they're related, or does that prove that's a good building material to build stuff out of? Right. Well, God would have created us in the most optimal way. He would have created everything that was perfect at the time. He would have created the most optimal way that he possibly could. And if if we didn't have similarities, we could only eat each other. But see, you can eat cow meat, which ate grass, and all the molecules can turn into human molecules now because we have similar structures, similar molecules. Otherwise, we couldn't digest anything but other humans. Well, thank God God for that. Yeah, the brown cow can eat the green grass and give the white milk, and I drink it and get the blonde hair. That's, that's, that's amazing, a design. It's not evolution. No, it's unbelievable. I just It's one of those things I think you have to really uh, sit there and, and, and just – it, it kind of goes back to what I said before, but, I, I mean, I look outside, I look at the process of, say, photosynthesis and say, how could something like that happen on accident? And the way that you said it, too, is that, you know, this is created prior to the sun. So, I mean, if it's created, well, it, it couldn't have gone too long without the sun because that's the whole process that God put in place. So you see how everything kind of falls into place, how it has to be created. And it's just an amazing, it's a system within a system within a system. And if one of those systems fails, then that then you'll see that everything, the way that it's created was perfect. And, and obviously things have, are, have strayed from the perfection. But as you see that everything kind of lines up that, we all need that other part of, you know, we need oxygen to breathe, you know, uh, but the amazing part is fish can breathe that oxygen underwater. And then all these different things that, that God put into place that just couldn't have happened by accident. There's absolutely no way. So anyway, I don't want to hold you up all night, my friend. I believe me, I would have you on here probably until, uh, oh, tomorrow, I tomorrow. We, I would just let you, let you go. I just appreciate your time so much, but why don't you let everybody uh, know where they can find your books, uh, any info on you? All right. Our website is drdino.com. D-R-D-I-N-O. My phone number is 855-BIG-DINO. I'm extension three. Call me anytime. I take calls all the time. I take a lot of calls. My daughter in Pensacola was one of my secretaries and uh, she asked me if I would do her wedding. I said, I'd be honored. Type in Kent Hovind's daughter's wedding. It's been played 50 times on America's Funniest Home Videos. It's only one minute long, see what you think. But anyway, I wanna help people. The Bible's the word of God. I tell people it's gonna hit you in two stages. When you study all the scientific facts, you're gonna say, man, the Bible is right. And then about a week later, you're gonna say, oh no, the Bible's right. That's going to change everything about my lifestyle. I asked an atheist one time, I said, suppose you decided to accept the fact that God made the world 
and the Bible was true. If you, if you decided, I'm going to believe the Bible is true and God is real, would that change your lifestyle? He said, that would change everything. I said, so have you chosen to believe there's no God because you have evidence for that? Do you believe in evolution because you really have evidence? Or because you like the idea of there not being a God? He was quiet for a second. He said, I believe in evolution because I'm horny. Yeah, said, no well, cannibalism. Every, every male of every species understands that one, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean there's no God. Come on now. Crazy. There's a God. He made the world. And he's going to be the judge one day, and you better get ready for that. It's coming. But you mentioned if people want to get hold of us, come down and visit Lenox, Alabama. We're straight north of Pensacola, 70 miles. Little bitty town of Lenox. It's all free. We've got a Christian campground. Type in Dinosaur Adventureland. We're on YouTube on Genesis Baptist Church, and we're on a bunch of other places on Odyssey and Rumble as Kent Hovind Official. We're in Lenox, Alabama. Google, where is Lenox, Alabama? The computer will laugh at you. Yeah, 30 people in town, but we love that's it down That's about here. where we're from. <laughs> so it's all free. We'd, we'd love to come down, and I think that's going to be our plan here in the future is to come down and visit you guys. Well, I'm honored to be on the Dig, the Dig Bible podcast, guys. How long have you guys been doing this? Uh, just over a year. This is awesome. Keep it up. Keep digging. So, yeah, I'm honored to be on your program. God said he's outside of time, space, matter. He created them in, in 10 words in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, there's time. God created the heaven, there's space, and the earth, matter. Time, space, matter have to be created in that order. You got to have time before you can have space. You got to have space before you can have matter. Because if you had matter first, where would you put it? And when would you put it? And each of those, time, space, matter, is a trinity in itself. Time has past, present, and future. Space has length, width, height. You can't have just one. Could you have a one-dimensional or two-dimensional space? No. If you have space at all, you have all three. Matter comes in solid, liquid, gas. So God created it all in 10 words. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. By the way, it's heaven singular. Be careful which Bible you use, because a lot of the new ones have changed it to heavens plural. Watch my video on drdino.com for more about that, about the importance of using a King James Bible. Video number seven talks all about that. I don't fight Christians that use other Bibles, but if you're going to be a serious Bible student, you're going to have to dig in to the King James. If you can't go seven words without a difference. King James, in the beginning, God created the heaven, singular. NIV, in the beginning, God created the heavens, plural. Nobody's wrong. I cover on my video number seven, who's wrong and why. But anyway, it's an honor to be on your program, guys. Come down, we'll put you on my program when you come down here. Genesis Baptist Church on YouTube. And we'll put you up, give you a tour. Don't forget about the well water, though. Your babies will be born naked. And uh, bring the family down. It's all free. Thank you again, my friend. We really appreciate you coming on. And I, I got a feeling we'll be talking to you again real soon. Sounds great. Keep up the good work, guys. You right, too, thanks. my friend. Thank you. See ya. Okay. Bye. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. Don't be like a county worker. Get in that hole and dig some. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our YouTube channel. See ya.